بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وأما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله and welcome to another episode of Faith Foundations. And I'm your host, Sarkhil Abu Alia. Um, those of you who have, uh, who have, uh, who are regular viewers and tune in regularly uh, will know that we're going through a small collection of 40 hadiths about the call to Islam and the caller. And as it turns out, as it happens, uh, this, these 40 hadiths about the call to Islam and the caller end up telling us about the basics of Islam, the basics of Muslim belief, the basics of Muslim practice, the basics of Muslim ethics, spirituality, political outlook, brotherhood, sisterhood, uh, the basics of rights, responsibilities and relationships. And in one sense, uh, that's not surprising because if the hadiths or a hadith, to use the Arabic term, uh, I'll anglicize it to hadiths. If the hadiths are uh, 40 hadiths about the call to Islam and the caller, then of course, uh, one can't call to Islam, let alone be a caller to Islam, if we're not quite clear what Islam is in terms of basic beliefs, basic practices, basic spirituality, basic ethics and morality, basic rights and responsibilities and duties, uh, basic worldview, um, so on and so forth. And this is what this uh, nice little booklet uh, published, um, translated and published um, quite a few decades ago, The Call to Islam and the Caller. I hope, hopefully it's still available in bookshops. Uh, perhaps online. Uh, this is what this uh, booklet is about. And as I mentioned last week, if you haven't, if you've only joined us today, this is the first time, then don't worry yourself. It's not like, oh, if you haven't heard the other previous hadiths, uh, you won't know what's going on. Uh, but rather, every single hadith is an issue in itself, standalone issue. It has something to say uh, in and of itself. Uh, without necessarily being connected to what came uh, before it. Um, and so uh, everyone can benefit uh, from uh, this particular book and uh, this particular uh, stream, Faith Foundations on Stream Islam, okay, where Islam and Islamic knowledge, uh, we hope, inshallah ta'ala, is streaming uh, to you. So let me just uh, kick off with two things first. Uh, uh, salams to all of those who are uh, who are just joining us now and sending their salams and their greetings of of peace. Uh, quite a few of you have already joined, so I, I won't go through the uh, through the names. But may Allah bless you all and wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah to you all. And the second thing is, I'd like to just start off with. Uh, a translation, a rough English translation of the Khutbat al Hajjah, the sermon for need, the sermon that is done for a need, 
uh, which I started this show with. In Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, Wanasta'inu, Wanasta'inu, Ila Akhiril Khutbah. Because, in one sense, that is a whole summary of Islam in and of itself. So I began by saying, indeed, all praise and thanks is for Allah. We praise Allah, we seek his aid and assistance, and we seek his forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah or protection in Allah from the evil whisperings to our own souls and our own evil resultant actions. Whomsoever Allah guides, none can misguide. But whomsoever Allah leaves to stray, none can guide that person aright. And I bear witness and testify that none has the right to be worshipped except Allah alone, having no partner whatsoever. And I bear witness also that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is Allah's final prophet and messenger. And that, in a nutshell, is Islam and our relationship to Allah, our maker and creator. And it tells us something essential about ourselves. Uh, and I seek protection in Allah from the evil whisperings to my own soul. Shaitan, the devil, whispers, waswasa, falsehood, rebellion, rebelliousness, evil, wickedness, sinfulness, forgetfulness of Allah. And he secretes this poison through whispers into our soul, into the unrefined, uh, undeveloped soul, which is nafs, the ego. At a higher level, at the lower level, the soul, which has three potentials. The Quran speaks about nafsul amaratun bisul, the soul that constantly incites towards evil. And then nafsul lawama the reproachful soul, that is the soul that when it does good in terms of obedience of Allah and piety to him, it is happy with itself for Allah's sake. And when it does wrong or sins and disobeys Allah, it is upset with itself. It reproaches itself. Why did I do that? And that's a good state because that means the soul is sensitive to obedience and disobedience to those things Allah loves and likes and those things that he loathes and hates. And in fact, in a long hadith, a part of one long hadith in the Musnad of Ahmed, in the Musnad collection of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, uh, we read these words, uh, the English translation of which is, he whose good deeds pleases him and his bad deeds grieves him, he is a believer, he is a mu'min. Why? Because righteousness pleases him. Wickedness and sinfulness displeases him. But as regards to those who are just way off track, uh, they could end up hating righteousness and loving wickedness. And if they're not at that despicable, disastrous, dark place, then okay, they don't hate wickedness but they are happy with sins. They're happy with living a sinful life. But no, the one 
who sins and is upset with himself or herself because they know that their Lord Most High is uh, displeased with them. And if they don't do an about turn, a, a, a tawbah, a repentance, a seeking Allah's forgiveness, they are under the threat of divine punishment. May Allah, may Allah protect us. Um, then such a heart is sensitive. It has iman. There is something of light there. There is the spark of faith still flickering in that heart, even though it is engaged in sin. And this is by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we need to look to ourselves and see how we are doing in terms of shielding ourselves from the uh, poison, poisonous whisperings of the devil into the nafsul amad, the misul, the ego, the soul that constantly incites towards evil. And that are we spiritually struggling to, uh, in order to fulfill the commands of Allah and keep away from his prohibitions. We might not do anything else. We might not do recommended works. Okay, we might not do uh, sunnah deeds, recommended deeds, but we're focused on Ada'ul Fara'id wa Tarkul Muharramat. Ada'ul Fara'id wa Tarkul Muharramat, fulfilling the obligatory acts and keeping away from the prohibitions that is where the journey begins that is uh, the uh, that is where the spiritual struggle begins where we roll up our spiritual sleeves and get with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's program and agenda uh, for us inshallah ta'ala but as regards to uh, merely listening to islamic talks and watching videos and debates islamic debates and uh, whatever, just for the sake of enjoyment. Um, <laughs> there isn't much that I can say without you realizing, you know, how serious a crime against Allah uh, that is. Uh, this world is here for us to do, to do the deeds of righteousness, to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to amend our ways, to turn our backs on, uh, on, uh, on uh, devil, the, the ways of the devil and to turn our whole being, okay, and face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the path to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's really what um, any Islamic knowledge, it must lead to amal, action, to doing either an action of the heart in terms of loving Allah, fearing Allah, relying on Allah, uh, uh, remembering Allah more, seeking to be more intimate uh, with him and closer to him, either an action of the heart or an action of the limbs. I, I end up after the talk or reading an Islamic book or gaining some Islamic knowledge, it's caused, it's motivated me to pray, to fast, to do goodness, uh, to do acts of obedience, to become pious, uh, to turn away from the haram, to remember Allah more, so on and so forth. If my learning any knowledge, any Islamic knowledge, hasn't produced an action of the heart 
aura and an action of the limbs, then that knowledge, even though it's Islamic knowledge, is not beneficial knowledge to me at that time. The fault isn't with the knowledge. The fault is with the one who has gained the knowledge. The darkness didn't benefit from the light. The dark, the inner darkness didn't benefit from that candle or that lantern, which was illuminating uh, light to help me be guided in this darkness. And why? It's because I didn't want to be guided. I chose to close my eyes, even in the presence of light. I chose to close my spiritual eyes in this case, even in the presence of, uh, of sacred knowledge, uh, uh, which, is, uh, which is guidance. Okay, so we're on hadith number 18. Hadith number 18. And you may recall last week and the, and the weeks before that, or the episodes before that, we had started these, uh, these hadiths, uh, previous hadiths were speaking about the appearance of defects within Muslims, within the body of Muslims, okay? Defects could be sins, defects could be false understandings of the religion, defects could be mistaken notions of, uh, of the religion, defects could be um, the hearts of the Muslims splitting up uh, and dividing in ways that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't allowed or has categorically forbidden, uh, the appearance of defects. And then we went to look at the causes of defects and then last week how to rectify the defects and last week um, we looked at the hadith of sincerity and sincere advice that the prophet sallallahu said that re, uh, the religion is sincerity and sincere advice nasiha adinun nasiha uh, to who to allah sincerity to allah uh, sincerity to his book sincerity to his prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and sincerity and sincere advice to the Muslim rulers or Muslim leaders and the Muslim public, okay, the, gen the, the general Muslims. And it's only when there is a love of wanting good for our fellow Muslims, of course, wider than that, uh, when there is a desire for wanting good for the whole of humanity. But let's just stick with it. Muslims in Islam, when the heart desires, only desires goodness for one's fellow Muslims, and the heart doesn't have any rancor, hatred, spite, malice, envy against other people, but instead it has sincerity and sincere concern for the welfare of others, then in the presence of another Muslim making a mistake. I don't see that as a opportunity that, yeah, 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 now I can quickly do uh, a YouTube video and just cuss that Muslim person and refute him and expose him. That is shaitan talking 99% of the time. Not because Islam doesn't have uh, not because Islam doesn't allow correctives and clarifications and even refuting falsehood. No, that's part and parcel of the religion. It has its time and its place. But as, as Imam Ibn Taymiyyah so often says throughout his fatawa and writings, it can only it can only be done by someone who he who is 
who has the utmost sincerity in doing so, not just for Allah, but sincerity towards the one that they're doing it for, clear-cut knowledge, and a level of compassion and concern whereby the correction or the advice is coming from the ruh, the purified spirit, not the nafs, the, the stinking ego. SubhanAllah. And yet you take the essence out of something and you just leave the outward shell and that's Islam for um, too many people uh, today. SubhanAllah. Uh, but sincerity is part of the healing process. Sincere advice, wishing well for others, wanting the best for them, spreading love spreading brotherhood, spreading light, nur, illumination. That's really the, the way of the believer. That's the way of the true Sunni, uh, the true follower of the Prophet Sallallahu teachings and life. SubhanAllah. Um, and if we're honest with ourselves, or if we're trying to be honest with ourselves, we might find that we still have a long way to go. But that was how to rectify defects. And today, uh, the episode is entitled, Coming into the World as Allah's Slaves and Leaving the World as Allah's Friends. Coming into the World as Allah's Ibad. Ibadullah, servants of God, slaves of God, and leaving the world as Allah's awliya, as the friends of Allah. Okay, um, we'll, we'll translate it as friends for the time being. And it's a, a short and simple hadith uh, with profound implications. So let's read. Uh, from Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, this is hadith number 18, uh, which the Sheikh, that's the late Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Ali Hassan Al-Halabi, uh, may Allah have mercy on him, uh, he put a, this under the chapter or the title, The State of Affairs That We Desire. What is the, the state of affairs that we, we want? Okay. Uh, and then he brings his hadith to, to pinpoint that state of affairs. From Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, radiallahu anhu, who said that Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, Inna min ibadan laysu bi Indeed, from amongst the servants or the slaves of Allah, there are servants who are not prophets. But the prophets and the martyrs envy them indeed there are uh, from amongst the servants of Allah are those people who aren't prophets but even the prophets and the martyrs envy these people so the people who the sahaba around the time around the process who heard this they said uh, 
Who are they, O Messenger of Allah? So that we may love them. Wow. Look at that. Look at the look at this is why the Sahaba were the, the best of mankind. After the Prophets and the Messengers, Khairun Nasi Qarni. The best of mankind is my generation. Okay. The Sahaba. Uh, don't think of them as, oh, very simple Bedouins living somewhere in the desert 1400 years ago with very simplistic understanding. Unlike us, we know quantum physics. We have, you know, we're on the cusp of AI, artificial intelligence. We have modern medicine and modern technology. and We are so sophisticated and they were so, so simple. Yeah, from that angle, that, that's absolutely true. No, there's no doubt about it. But, the real, but those things don't count in the greater scheme of things. Well, I'm going to go to heaven because I've got the latest iPhone 13. Well, because I upgraded to, what was the chip? What was that Mac chip? M1 Pro, Pro or chip? Uh, my, my computer, my PC is faster than, than, than yours. Therefore, I'm going to go to the seventh, the highest heaven. No, you and I know that all of this tech and all of these things that surround us, they are not paths to paradise. If, in fact, if anything, currently, they tend to be distractions from that path. No. What counts is iman and taqwa, faith, piety, righteous deeds, godliness, so on and so forth. And the Sahaba didn't just have their fair share. They had the greatest share. Their hearts and thereafter their bodily actions was the mat were the were, were, was the manifestation or were the manifestations of the greatest level of piety the deepest level of love of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the profoundest degree of submission loving submission to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are incomparable even though they may have lived simpler, simple lives, but they weren't simple terms. That is a lie. That is a monstrous lie that certain people are trying to propagate and have been doing so throughout the history of Islam so that we can detach ourselves from that unique first generation of Muslims whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised them paradise and made them examples to be followed until the day of judgment and chose them to be around his final prophet his his beloved his habib the, the prophet muhammad وسلم, he chose them over anybody and everybody else he didn't choose us because we wouldn't have been worthy we would have shown ourselves to be unfit for purpose he chose the Sahaba. So look at what they said. They said the Prophet tells them there are some, there are some, uh, some Muslims, and they're not, uh, they're not prophets, and they're not martyrs. But even the prophets and the martyrs, uh, even the prophets and the martyrs are, they envy them. And so, what did they? The Sahaba asked, uh, "Manhum, who, who are they? You know, wow, we've, we've got to know. Not, oh, thank you. That's a nice fact. Now I can go and tell that." I can now relate that in some hadith or some live stream just to fill up the time and just to show, you know, I know some hadiths. 
but they're saying, manhum, who are they? Because they, they want to know so that they can do something about it. And what is the something about it? At least the minimum is, so that we may love them. The minimum. Okay, if we're not going to emulate them, if we, but at least let's, we want to love them and maybe the love of them will bring us closer to their ways. SubhanAllah. These were people of profound understanding of religion. Profound understanding. So the Prophet then describes them. Hum qawmun tuhabu bi min arhami ansab. They are a people, okay, who love each other for the sake of Allah or for the uh, due to Allah's light. They are a people who love each other uh, due to Allah's light. Not because of blood relations, nor because of kinship. Their faces being light, sitting upon pulpits of light. They do not fear when people when when people fear. And nor do they grieve when others grieve. And then the Prophet وسلم, recited this particular ayah or verse of the Quran. Indeed, the friends of Allah, the awliya of Allah, no fear shall be upon them, neither shall they grieve. And this, uh, inshallah ta'ala, is an authentic hadith narrated in uh, various sources, uh, some of the uh, chains of narration strengthening other chains to bring it to a grading of sahih. Sahih hadith, subhanallah. Yeah, absolutely. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. I mean, subhanallah. Uh, and that's just a mercy of Allah. If we're feeling just the light coming from this hadith, then alhamdulillah, that's uh, inshallah Allah's sign that um, he is not allowing us to, to disgrace ourselves. There is a, there is still some hope. Subhanallah. So let's, let's flesh this out for the next 10, 15 minutes. With the ion coming into the world as Allah's slaves, leaving the world as Allah's friends. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Indeed, the friends of Allah, no fear shall come to them, nor shall they grieve. Subhanallah, they won't fear on the day of judgment uh, when the account is taken uh, because Allah will be generous to them because they are his friends, they are his people, they are the Ahlullah, the people of God, they are the, the saints, including the higher saints. And and neither do they grieve, according to one interpretation or tafsir of the Quran. And there are quite a few on the on this verse. Um, 
they don't grieve over what they lose of the of the material world because the material world was only um, a, was only a temporary stopping place. It was just a service station. Okay, that you you know you you drive down the M1, you stop off you know at the service station, you fill up fuel in your car, or you go and get yourself a cup of coffee, or just splash water over your, over your face, and you get back in the car and you head for your destination. Just a service station. You know, this, the, the foolish traveller who's travelling from London to, I don't know, to, to, to Newcastle. Okay, <laughs> let's get it right. Let's get it right. Newcastle, right? Uh, he, whatever, let's just say M1. I, I can't remember how to get to Newcastle uh, by road. Uh, and he stops at the first service station and that's it. He just stays there and, uh, you know, he just eats and drinks and sleeps there and he can completely forgets uh, about his journey to to Newcastle and someone comes up to him and says you know weren't you supposed to be going to Newcastle for an important appointment yeah but I'm just in this service stage and I'm enjoying it uh, people think that's an idiot that's an idiot right you could have just enjoyed it a little bit and carried on your on your journey where you'll uh, you know, where it's an important appointment, and had you got that appointment, life would have been good for you. But instead, you're just in this dingy place. Well, that's uh, that's an example of us in the world and our journey to the Akhirah. So, these Oliya, who are these Oliya? That's a good question. Okay, that's a good question. Allah inna Oliya Allah. Indeed, the Oliya of Allah. Aulia uh, is plural, friends. Singular is wali. Okay, so either we look towards the aulia, uh, the friends, the wali, the friend of Allah. So either we're interested in the wali, or we're interested in the wali. Right, and unfortunately, there's too many of us who are interested, not interested in the wali. Subhanallah, who is the wali? Well, the same verse. Okay, this is in Surah Yunus, the 10th chapter of the Quran, verse 62. The very next verse tells us who the awliya is. Uh, uh, they are those who, they are those who have iman, who have faith, and have taqwa, piety, fear of God. Mindfulness of Allah, godliness, righteousness. Two qualities that make up a wali or make up the awliya. Iman and taqwa. Faith and piety. Faith and godliness. Just a small point. Um... um in one or two of my streams, not necessarily here, uh, but elsewhere, I noticed uh, one or two comments. And I don't know if it's by the same person or group of people or completely separate, uh, objecting to godliness. In fact, they say, Astaghfirullah, how can you tell people to have godliness? You're asking them to be godlike. SubhanAllah, my brothers or sisters, as the case may be. SubhanAllah, you know, learn English. At least, you know, at least open a dictionary and know that godliness isn't to be godlike. Could a Muslim ever tell another Muslim 
could a Muslim ever tell anyone? Oh, yeah, be godlike. Be godlike. SubhanAllah. This is kufr. To imagine, forget about telling, to imagine that a human being or any creature can be godlike. Okay? This is, uh, this is shirk. This is idolatry. It's kufr. It's blasphemy. It's, it's disbelief. Let alone tell people. But godliness is not that. Godliness, godliness means to be righteous and do things that are pleasing to God. Look up in any dictionary. It won't say, oh, godliness, godliness means to be godlike. And if you just canvas the, the English speaking world, OK, wherever they are in North America, in Australia, in, in India and just uh, let alone in the UK or Europe and ask them, well, what do you understand by the word godliness? They'll say godliness means to be to, to do things that God will like you for, meaning to be pious, righteous, do good. Godliness. Anyway, um, too many uh, people have defective intellects. And sometimes, sometimes corrupt intentions. And then they, and then they judge everyone else with, uh, subhanAllah, uh, how are we going to spread light and love if I can imagine that a Muslim ha, 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 not only doesn't have any knowledge, okay, but he can't even tell the difference between, you know, God and Allah's uniqueness and Tawheed and uh, the created realm. Okay, let alone someone, and I'm not bragging here, I'm just actually uh, confirming as you're right over me that I'm someone who studied with the scholars for 30 years. I have ijazat authorizations in, in fiqh, especially humbly fiqh. I have authorizations in Bukhari, Muslim, uh, the 12 books of hadith. I have authorization, ijazat, in some of the writings and works of Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn al qayyim Ibn Rajab. I have authorizations in spiritual matters and uh, teaching certain texts and spiritual texts. I actually have ijazats and I've actually spent 30 years not working, not holding a, a nine to five job, but actually just 30 years. But even if you just consider me to be oh, a nominal Ustad Abu Alia, Sheikh Abu Alia, even a basic Muslim <laughs> knows that we can't be godlike. Okay let alone even wanting to be, let alone someone who's studied, even if they've studied three or four years. Even a convert knows this. <laughs> this kind of sort of them, this kind of ill suspicions about other Muslims, my brothers and sisters, really, it's got to stop. Uh, we can't spread light and love in the way that Allah wants. If, <laughs> if the hearts are dark and causes the the minds to be so dark they don't understand simple matters which is probably uh, a lot of our problem i won't say most of our problem anyway let's get back to something which is really you know which is really the essence so as an aqidah um, one can check out uh, al-aqidah al-tahawiyah the tahawiyah aqidah which is really the the go-to aqidah for sunni islam it is it is the most acceptable uh, it is the Aqidah text that has the, the text and creed, Sunni creed, that has the most acceptance amongst the scholars for over a thousand years. It has the greatest um, acceptance from the scholars. 
there are other texts that do as well, but not to the level of the Tahawiyya. In the Tahawiyya, we read as part of our uh, belief or Aqidah, Al-Mu'minun kulluhum awliya rahman. The believers, meaning the Muslims, all of them are awliya of Allah most merciful. The believers, all of them are the friends of Allah. Why? Because if we go back to this verse, who are the awliya? Those who have iman and taqwa. And by definition, every single Muslim, by definition, every single Muslim has some level of iman, faith, and some level, even if it's just a tiny atom's worth of taqwa. And to the degree of our iman and taqwa, that much or that much or that much, to the degree of a person's iman and taqwa is, to de- is the degree of their waliship, their awliyaship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in that sense, al-mu'minun kulluhum awliya rahman. The believers, all of them are the friends of, uh, of God. But when the Qur'an describes the awliya as in la khawfun alayhim wa yahzanun, for example, or when the Prophet says in the Hadith Qudsi that man aada li waliyan faqad aadhantu bil harb, whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine, the Prophet said that Allah says, whoever shows enmity, ill will, malice, spite, hatred, whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine, I shall be at war with him. Then when when the word wali or awliya uh, is used in this context or contexts like these, they're not talking about every Muslim. They're talking about the kind of real proper awliya who not just have a little bit of iman and taqwa, their hearts and their lives and their very being is filled to the brim with iman and taqwa. These are the countless men and women of God from the beginning of Islam, even in our times today, Many from times gone by, but fewer from more recent times, as the Quran alludes to. Okay. And these are men and women who are totally devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshipping Allah and ta'budullah ka'annaka tara, worshipping Allah as though seeing him. Their hearts are filled to the brim with iman, with love of Allah, with fear of Allah, with uh, with reliance on Allah, with remembrance of Allah, and their outward actions manifest that. And they are beacons of light. They are nur. They are sources of light and illumination walking Allah's earth. Allah loves them in a special way and he doesn't give them isma 
uh, infallibility like he does to the prophets, but he gives them hymns. He protects them and cares for them and is concerned for them in a way over and above his concern for those with lesser faith and lesser connection to him. There is a, an alaqa of mahabba. There is that bond of love. There is that bond of love. And as such, they love Allah. They love in Allah. They love by Allah. They love for Allah. They are just for Allah. Their whole being. Such are the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ala inna awliya Allah. La khawfun alayhim. And why is this relevant for us? Hmm. In an age in which we, you know, this is an age of individualism. Um, we don't kind of really think of community living uh, we don't really uh, look towards each other. It's all about looking inwardly to one's own self and doing what is good for me as an individual. Uh, and we live in times in which many promises have been made to us repeatedly, time and again, every day. If you buy more and more stuff, you'll get happier and happier. If you become a, a better consumer, um, life will be more joyous uh, and yet we live that lie and we quite often get taken in by that lie but when we look around us we see that the world isn't really a place that is getting happier and happier and more joyous and joyous rather it's a place where um, depression angst anxiety um, breakup of marriages, um, deterioration of relationships, uh, breakdown of institutions is, is going on, it's cascading all around us. Um, and we get confused that, you know, where does true happiness lie? Where is true freedom? Where is liberation? Well, of course, the prophets and the messengers, the, the Anbiya and the Rusul, alayhim salatu wasalam, peace and blessings be upon all of them. Uh, they are obviously the ultimate, ultimate example. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he puts a, another example at, a, at a, um, a, 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 the next level down, which are the awliya. The wali is the one who exemplifies true freedom and liberation. And to take the way of the wali. Okay, manhum, who are they? That we may love them. Who are they, O Prophet of Allah, that we may love them and that love might inspire us to, 
to take to their path and their ways and emulate them in their godliness and their journey to God. They are there as beacons in this darkness, especially as the end of days approaches. Okay. And they are the epitome. Of course, they are the epitome of Islam, of Iman, of Taqwa. But they are also the epitome of freedom and liberation. As the ulama say, مَا وَصَلَ إِلَى صَرِيهِ مَنْ بَقِيَ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ بَقِيَ No one attains true freedom as long as he remains under even the slightest influence of his ego. Subhanallah. Of his absolutely Razina. The word me, me, me and the worship of, of the self is the new is the new idolatry. OK, and I, in fact, it's really not the new idolatry. It's just it's an old idolatry packaged in a really new and glossy way like never before. OK, the packaging is just absolutely brilliant. OK, the advertising, the, the, the selling, the packaging is just and that is the thing. Otherwise, it's an old idolatry if we're we're really, you know, kind of being pedantic about it. And these awliya, subhanAllah, in their company, in their presence, reading about their lives, learning from their living, how to be Sunni, how to be Muslim, how to be uh, one of the muhibboon, the lovers of God, how to be one of the dhakirun, one of those who constantly remembers Allah, how to be amongst the mutawakkilun, those who truly rely upon Allah and not their credit card or their smartphone or their reputation or their savvy speech. How to be sabirun, siddiqun, mutasaddiqun, khaifun, khashiun. How to have all of those godly qualities. It is to be found to, in various degrees in the awliya. And loving Allah's awliya is part of loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to be in their presence is to be reformed, not necessarily by their religious instruction, not even sometimes by seeing how they act, but even in their silence. We find freedom from the ego, freedom from false pretensions, freedom from trying to impress other people. Because the heart, trying to emulate the awliya, is liberated for the one. That is the truth that the world wishes for the Muslim not to hold on to. And that is the, the revealed truth that Islam has come to teach people. SubhanAllah. And in that way, they love for Allah. They see other people with the eye of compassion and mercy. They see the non-Muslim and they see the potential in the non-Muslim. Of course, they see the kufr and the shirk 
and the, the waywardness and the heedlessness in the non-Muslim, but they, but that isn't their focus. They know that's there. That's kind of glaring out, but they look a bit deeper and they see that every human being has the God-given Adamic potential of becoming a wali of Allah. One of my sheikhs in Suluq, in, in, in spiritual matters, uh, he, he regularly has this saying that we come into this world as Allah's slaves, but let's not leave this world except as Allah's friends. And you know what, my brothers and sisters, I, you, you've heard me say I've, it's, it's been 35 years close to 35 years, 30 of those years studying with ulama, with scholars, actually study, not with knowledgeable brothers, with scholars. And my wife, uh, may Allah bless her and increase her in goodness, um, it's been 30 years for her as well. Okay, uh, or studying with sheikhs and scholars. Okay. Um, but you know what? Our path to Allah isn't necessary to become scholars or students of knowledge. For most Muslims, that's not the path. Not every one of Allah's awliya, only the minority of Allah's awliya were ulama as well. Of course, if you're ulama awliya, there's a, you know, you're, you're a, a, a scholar friend of Allah, then that's higher, higher, no doubt. But most of the awliya, they were just people who, they knew the basics, they knew the halal from the haram. They knew what Allah loved and likes from what Allah hates and displeased. They knew Iman from Kufr. They knew basic Sunni orientation from misguidance and uh, innovation. They knew that knowledge is to be taken from the from the ulama, from the qualified, authorized people, not from uh, not from those who have no authorization. If you, if one is not authorized, how can they teach? If one isn't. If one isn't given permission to enter the house, how can they come into the house without permission? How can we teach without permission? Did the Prophet allow people to teach deeper knowledge? Of course, every Muslim can teach. My neighbor asks me, uh, you know, oh, you know, what is the what do Muslims believe? What does Islam teach us to believe? I don't say, oh, you know what? I'm not qualified. I don't have ijazat. Hopefully the little that I know as a Muslim, I tell him or her. Oh, in Islam, we believe in God, that he's one, and, da, 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 and angels, and so on and so forth. Every Muslim. But at a deeper level, to be a guide. Um, the awliya are the guides. And unless we spend a lot of time with them, being shaped by them, not just being shaped by the text of the Quran and the Sunnah, but being shaped by those who live the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Allah didn't send just a book to us. Here's the Qur'an, go ahead. He sent, as it were, the walking book, the example of what the book will be in real life, okay, in, in real time. That is why Ibn al-Jawzi, Abdurrahman ibn al-Jawzi, that great humbly scholar of the 6th Islamic century, says in Sifat al-Safwa, and I'll round it up now, I've gone 10 minutes longer than I wanted to. He said, Allah's friends and the righteous, 
they are the actual purpose of creation. Now, before someone's false alarm bells triggers and say, oh, no, no, but how can that be? Didn't Allah say, وَمَا خَلَطُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَى إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah didn't create the jinn or mankind except that we should worship him. Yes, indeed, that is the purpose. But who best fulfills that purpose? Who best manifests that purpose in real time, in real life? The prophets and the messengers. And then after them, the, the, the awliya. And therefore, the, the anbiya, and to a lesser degree, the awliya, humul maqsood min al This is a, an agreed upon, uh, this is a, uh, an established Sunni belief. Uh, you'll find Ibn Taymiyyah spending three pages in the Majmur Fatawa uh, supporting this belief, supporting this belief, uh, especially as it relates to the Prophet Muhammad because Tawheed and Iman were giving the absolute perfect concrete expressions in the lives of certain human beings, and that was the whole purpose of creation worship. And here is the, 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 the living examples. And when we have that concern to be free, to be free of our egos and to want to be the friends of Allah, then to round it off, the way we will look at other Muslims, if every Muslim, Al-Mu'minun Kulluhum Awliya Rahman, the believers, all of them are friends of Allah, and if the hadith in hadith Qudsi in Sahih Bukhari, man adali waliyan faqad adantu bilhalb, whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine, I shall be at war with him, then potentially any Muslim could really have a wilaya, a, a waliship with Allah. Do I really want to be getting on the wrong side of any Muslim? Only to find out that they actually have a waliship with Allah, which is hidden from me, hidden from many people, but it's, it's not hidden from God. And whoever shows enmity to a wali of mine, I will be at war with him. <laughs> what? You think just because Abu Aliya does live streams that somehow Allah will say, oh, no problems. Or you are a, you hated my awliya, but I'm not going to be at war with you because you do so many videos. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Then it teaches us at the minimum, let's beware how we treat others. But at a higher level, Loving good for others, as I love good for myself, spreading love, spreading light. And the more I'm freed from my ego and my false pretensions and my arrogance and my ignorance, the more light, knowledge, guidance, justice, compassion can come into this world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he make us of benefit to Islam and the Muslims and not a harm and a hindrance to them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, as he brought us into this world, as his ibad, that he, uh, he not take our lives except that we are his awliya by his grace and only by his grace and kindness can this be achieved. 
And part of that journey is that I need to love the awliya and love to be like them. Manhum la'allana nuhibbahum. Who are they? Who are they, O Messenger of Allah, that I may love them? We ask Allah for tawfiq and uh, whatever I've said, which is good and correct, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whatever I've said, which is uh, wrong or faulty, it is from myself and shaitan. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Some of your questions um, don't requ um, require more than a one word answer. Uh, Fahim as one is an, an example of that. Uh, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, alone. Uh, our duas are, for, uh, are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, let's just stick with that. Um, there was a question about children and parenting. It's probably a question that I'm going to be unable to answer uh, at all, let alone in uh, uh, one line. Awliya are not people who do miracles and whatever. You can see that in magic tricks. Yes, some of the awliya did do karamat, uh, saintly miracles, but that wasn't the reason why they were a wali. They were a wali because of iman and taqwa. Um, on the Humble Eye blog, thehumbleeye.com, uh, my last, my latest article that uh, I put up a couple of days ago is about Sheikh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, one of the greatest of the ulama of Islam and one of the greatest of the awliya of, of Islam. Uh, he is an, a wali of Allah and every scholar agrees on that. Um, read about him, inshallah ta'ala, it gives you an idea. But we're not talking about miracles or people fainting or swooning. It's just look at Abu Bakr, look at Umar, look at Aisha, look at the lady Hafsa, look at the lady Fatima, look at Imam Malik, look at Imam Bukhari, look at Sufyan Afari, look at Ibn Uyayna, look at Al-Hassan al-Basri, look at Rabia al-Adawiyya. Right. Their lives weren't full of miracles, except that the greatest miracle was their, their taqwa and their iman. But yes, there were miracles in some of their lives. But that's not why they are, are Allah's people. That's not why they are the people of God. They are the people of God because of their piety and their worship inwardly and outwardly and how they treated others and their concern for people's welfare and their concern for people to reach Allah Every single human being on this planet has an Adamic potential that they too can be from the awliya. That is our journey. Everything else we must measure to see, is it distracting us from that greater goal, which is our journey is to be from the awliya because it is about becoming beloved to Allah by doing what pleases him. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Until next week.